0: I'm Fred McMurray, which means this must be... We at the Pillars of Franchising team would like to express our gratitude to FeedSpot for listing us. As number one in their 2023 list of top 50 franchising podcasts that you should listen to thank you from everyone here at pillars of franchising okay so I kind of botched that it's not the top 50 it's the best 50 Ooh.
1: oh wow With that, let's welcome everybody to another fabulous episode of Pillars of Franchising. We've got a great show for you here today. I am Kristen Shalmesse here with our producer Fred McMurray to get this show kicked off. What's happening, Fred, in sunny California?
0: Um, It's not raining anymore, which is a good thing. Um, People are still crazy, which is normal. Um, (laughs) But no mudslides or uh, wildfires.
1: That's good, because yesterday I saw there was a very bad kind of rain, wind, and it appeared to be mudslide that consumed um, an entire ve- vehicle and, sadly enough, two people in it. Um, and so it's about time that things dry out, as usual, there on the West
0: Coast. So Everyone good to hear that it's happening. Well, one other thing is the L.A. Teachers Union has gone on strike, which means 50 percent of the students or more are not in school that would normally be in school. The other 50% quit going anyway, so it doesn't matter. So, never mind.
1: <laughs> well, Disneyland's in luck, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, so this week we've got some news that came across the wire. Uh, our friends over at Franchise Times have done a nice article on uh, the amazing Amazing Lash studio. Um, you know, we spoke to one of their competitors uh, last week, or the week before, had a great show. And sadly enough, um, it sounds like Amazing Lash is having a little unrest. And, um, you know, we wanted to bring this up because when you're looking for a franchise to buy, one of the key things we make sure that we review with our clients is item three. And item three in the FDD, the Franchise Disclosure Document, talks about any pending and or past lawsuits. And unfortunately, this brand is is ripe for that. They've got some situations where a group of their franchisees have hired a law firm and they're forming a committee, somewhat of a franchisee, a action committee, um, to fight back against the franchisor for some practices, practices that they feel have been unfair.
0: So I, I saw this and my first thought was, Man, I wish we had known this when Meg was on because we could ask Meg. And then I realized it wasn't Meg's company, The Lash Lounge. Lash Lounge is all right. cool, running under enlightened leadership of, of Meg Roberts. Um, yeah. And I, this kind of struck me as somewhat like some of what some of the try that saying that five times fast. Some of the subway <laughs> um, franchisees are going through with the uh, according to the news. Subway wants to get itself sold and some franchisees are precluded from selling, uh, closing, uh, underperforming stores and things like this. And yeah, uh, to me, it kind of was the same thing of what happens when the franchisor goes south on you? Because from what I read about the, the Lash group, they yeah. were getting charged 600, 800% above. And I flashed to what you've talked about with, Molly, that when uh, or one of the neighborly brands, I forget which one it was, couldn't get a uh, product in from overseas where it was bought, the mm-hmm. neighborly went and got it sourced locally, trying to cut the prices right. there. So yeah. what resource do they really, do the franchisees have? Well, I think
1: there's, I mean, there's several huge
0: lessons in this
1: from both the franchisor side and the franchisee side. You know, for the, emerging, for the emerging brands out there, you know, I think it's really important that when you come to the table with a list of promises and commitments and requirements of your franchisees, you need to be very careful because um, you don't want to promise the world and deliver an island. And you certainly don't want to put yourself in a situation in this case where the franchisees are finding that they're required to buy, in this case, lashes um, from the franchisor, but the lashes are a lower quality product that they could find on their own for up to five to 600 times higher mm-hmm. through the franchisor than if they bought them through another source on their own. And and again, the quality was higher. So, you know, it, they've, gone to the franchise franchisor to say, hey, this isn't right. This isn't working for us. We need help. Um, unfortunately, there are some claims of retaliation. Um, and so these franchisees have formed this community with a, with a legal party and have said, we are demanding new leadership. We think the culture here is bad. And I think it's really a shame because, you know, I always say this when, you know, we have squabbles amongst whether it be other owners or brands or even my employees. I'm like, aren't we all adults here? Like no. the problem, I think, is <laughs> it is coming in when, when, when greed gets the best of us, when we're all trying to pinch someone to make a little bit more instead of doing the right things first, I think that's how we get into this scenario. So, um, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with the brand, um, how exactly this lawsuit will work out. Um, they just they call it as a matter of fact rampant price gouging um, and the elimination of uh, elimination of vital resources and the blatant retaliation against franchisees don't represent the corporate values that existed when we bought into the company as franchise owners. That was a direct uh, that was provided. And so I think that it's um, that certainly shows a lot of unrest and unhappy franchise owners and you know the, t- the tough part with that is you know whether you're in business by yourself or you're in business in the franchise system when you're in business by yourself you have a lot more control and you say oh well, i wouldn't get into that situation if it were just me i could do my own thing do it however i want well the flip side to that is you often don't have the purchasing power that you would as a larger brand too so You have to really look at the pros and cons of both sides. What I really like about the franchise system is that you do have the Federal Trade Commission behind you, and they will stand up. You've got great groups like the IFA, like Gary and I, and Ray will be talking about later on in the show today, and how they can help with some of these situations. So um, I still think franchising is the right way to go, and unfortunately, sometimes we just get leadership in there that um, for whatever reason, however it happens, whether it starts out that way or it evolves that way, um, just doesn't make sound decisions for the entire system.
0: So. All right. So I have, I guess, one question and then a comment is, if you're hiring lawyers to effectively sue the ZOR, to me, that sounds like that system and I'm not talking about one or two Zs, but I'm, there's a, quite a few of them there. Um, it sounds like if you're, that many Zs are su- suing the Zore, that system won't last a long time. Am I right?
1: Well, in theory, you would say that that could be the case. You could also say that they have an opportunity right now to go back and fix this and make it right. And I think most people out there, I mean, listen, nobody wants to have a system that they've invested millions of dollars in to get it up and get it going and years in development, all these people that are there backing them for training. Nobody wants to just walk away from that, right? The right thing to do is to put in a leadership team that can turn it around and show the franchisees the true value of the amazing Lash brand. And create a culture where the franchisees feel like they have a say, that they have leadership that has their back, um, I, I think that's the answer. The answer, you know, isn't to just close our doors and, you know, run away or necessarily badmouth the brand itself. And if there's an issue, say, with the franchisor and part of this is a financial situation, um, then that's when they might want to be talking to a PE firm to say, hey, listen, we're in a spot where, in growth mode, we know we've got a product or a system that is in in high demand right now. We talked about that with Meg last week. Um, but we're short on cash. So it's just now about fixing what's broken and setting a, a, a solid path moving forward for those franchisees.
0: So one correction, true value is not a franchise or true value is a buyer yeah. co-op. And, I didn't and-
1: mean true value, the brand Fred.
0: And then your phrase, I I, I actually was going to use your phrase that you said run away, but in a slightly different way. Run away! Run away! You knew I had to get a, a, a sound effect in there somehow, didn't you? of course of course
1: so for our call or for our listeners today um as we get started with the show if you're interested in calling in give us some feedback ask questions and so forth obviously you can do that online or you can call in at 323-580-5755 again that is 323-580-5755
2: should we and go with our that guests? fred yeah
1: let's get this party started fred hello becky
3: Hello. I, I mean, Hello. Wow. I, I, I'm still ringing in my ears what Fred said. Number one rated franchise podcast? Is that true? Wow. That is fantastic. Yeah, Ray, congratulations. Uh, yeah, well, congratulations to all of us. I think that's great. But uh, I, I think we have a fantastic guest today, uh, Becky Bongiovanni. And, Very
1: nice.
3: <laughs> and uh, if it's okay, I'll read her bio. Is that okay?
4: Absolutely.
3: All right. Uh, Becky is the co-founder and brand president. And as the brand president, Becky Von Giovanni oversees the strategic growth of Care Patrol franchise systems. She is passionate about helping franchisees run a profitable, profitable, purpose-driven business. She co-founded Care Patrol in 2009 and was the chief operating officer in, tw- in uh, 2011. Under her leadership, Care Patrol has grown has grown to 150 locations across 33 states. Becky, a certified senior advisor (CSA), has been in the assisted living placement industry since 2003. She has also served as treasurer of the National post-acute care continuum from 2016 to 2018. Welcome, Becky. Thank you so much
4: for having me.
1: Becky, it sounds like taking care of seniors in one way or another has been in your blood for quite some time now.
4: It has. It's a really rewarding work.
1: Is that what got you to go from what you were doing, more of a hands-on um, capacity, into finding or co-founding, I should say, um, a franchise system like this?
4: Yeah, well, it was really my husband who had the, uh, idea of franchising. I really enjoyed helping people, meeting with families and helping mm-hmm. educate them and take them through that process. I don't think on my own, I would have come up with, well, hey, let's franchise this business, but he had some yeah. foresight and, um, it, it has been rewarding to do something good and give back to the community, but also to teach other people how to do the same um, because it is, it's, a, it's a work uh, where it's mission oriented and you have sure. to really put people first in care.
1: Well, I think what's great about that is, you know, some of the, not that we all aren't about putting people first and doing something that's mission driven, but some of the younger generations that are coming up and coming into franchising, that is really a core value of theirs that they're looking for. And so, you know, there's no greater way, in my opinion, for you to give back the way you want it to than a franchise. I mean, now, instead of your touch or your impact being locally or maybe
4: regionally, now you've got, you know, how many states did you say? 33 states.
3: 33.
4: And yeah. actually, I apologize. It's We're now in 35 states and we're at 175 locations. Nice. Wow.
1: Nice. Yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. So tell me, tell, explain to Ray and I, how did you get there? I mean,
4: that's just amazing. Yeah, well, I think... Uh, you know the the smartest thing we did was join the IFA, mm-hmm. um, and because we knew that we wanted we needed some guidance. This was something we had no idea how to run mm-hmm. a franchise. We we knew how to run a, a, a Care Patrol location, how to operate it, um, and uh, we hired uh, Bob Gappa, who has been in franchising for years, and. Uh, He lives in Arizona like we do, and so it was really great. We actually got to have in-person training with Bob and Pam Gappa, and um, I like to say that Bob Gappa was like, he really taught me my ABCs of franchising, Um, and I love his no-nonsense approach. And to this day, I mean, I still quote a lot of the things that he taught us. And I really believe that those were uh, key—a key to us being successful. I, I love mm-hmm. the conversation that you guys were talking about earlier because, you know, to have a successful franchise system, you have to understand. Uh, each of us have to understand each other's roles, right? And Bob Gapper yes. was really big about starting with a, an understanding conversation. Here's the role of the franchisor. Here's the role of the franchisee, and really. For us to have maximum profitability, we both have to be successful. It can't be at the expense of one or the other. That's right. And um, and that's what I've loved about franchising. I mean, it's tough, right? It's tough. It's a challenge, but I like being challenged. But I also like um, I like seeing people's dreams come true, right? I like yeah. that um, you know they start out at a certain point and they everybody kind of grows personally and professionally. Um, and again, like we're, we're, we've expanded our reach. We're able to touch more people than just Chuck and I could have alone. Mm -hmm.
3: I I have a question. Uh, Maybe there may be some confusion by myself and the audience. Exactly. What is it that your franchise or uh, trans provide? In other words, so you have a, a senior and what is it you give, to their significant others
4: so this is a really great question our society really doesn't prepare us for aging at all right we think okay I'm going to retire it's the golden years and smooth sailing from then on and, and I'll just you know live a happy life but what we don't understand is disease processes how they affect our body and really planning for our future so that we can be in control of our decisions because one thing mm-hmm. is for sure if you don't plan your future, someone else will plan it for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we, we want to help people remain as independent as they can for as long as they can. And that means bringing in some help when you need it. So a lot of times, this is how our concept started. My husband's a medical social worker. And so he would be out visiting people um, after they left the hospital. He would visit them in their homes. Or in their long-term care home, like assisted Mm -hmm. living or nursing home. And the common question he would run up uh, against is, uh, if they were at home, I need to find a place. I can't take care of my husband anymore. Or if they were in a a care community, I don't really like this place. Are there any others? This was the only place that was recommended to me. So Mm -hmm. in the early 1990s, he really saw a need for this. And because he's a social worker, we built our concept around a social work, a social work approach, which is really a, a person-centered approach. You know, mm-hmm. when we started this business, there are other companies out there, right, that it they, they help people find places, but it's not really about the older adult, right? It's more about a sort of a real estate transaction, if you will. And that, mm-hmm. I mean, we all have to get paid for what we do, right? But. We, how we approach a person and really help them on their journey speaks volumes.
0: And it's life-changing
4: mm-hmm. because you're helping somebody at one of the most critical times. I mean, that's a tough decision. We all make promises to ourselves that we're never going to put our parents in a care community. Yep. But when we make those promises, we have no idea how difficult that road can be and that we sure. are going to need resources and help. So it's what we do is we meet families. Uh, we meet with them, and we we call ourselves a care advisory company, right? So we're going to mm-hmm. meet with somebody on their journey, and sometimes it's the older adults themselves that they're looking for a place. Many times, though, it's their children because we're mm-hmm. in crisis mode, right? A crisis has happened. Someone's fallen. They've broken a hip. They're in the hospital, and now they're going to be going to rehab, but more than likely, they may still need extra care beyond that. So we meet with the family, we find out what all of the care needs are, we find out what their social needs are, what their financial resources are, because they're going to have to pay for this. Um, And also we can link them to resources that help pay for their care. Then, like a realtor, uh, we do take them in our car and we tour them around at the properties that would be the best fit. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it's in-home care, you know? So there are different options for people depending on what their needs are. And then after we, you know, and and from our standpoint, safety is important. And that sure. was that was back when it was unpopular to say safety is important. After COVID, everybody's <laughs> like, yes, yeah, safety is important.
2: Yeah. But
4: um, but so what does that mean? That means we want to make sure that your care needs are being addressed. If you come to us and you have Parkinson's, we know that the progression long term changes, and so mm-hmm. we we're going to educate you on what those changes are, and you know. Um, it's not that you can't pick whatever place you want to, you can, but we just want you mm-hmm. to understand the implications and what the, what the care regulations are in every state because assisted living is different from state to state. And you know, that, go ahead. I'm sorry, Becky. Uh, well, just I'll just add one more thing. After we help a family, we stay in touch because that's how we really know who's providing the care, uh, and who's doing a great job. So for us, it's full circle, right? It's, it's really about helping people on their journey. We, we have a saying at Care Patrol, put the client's needs first. If you always put the client's needs first, you'll always have more clients. Yeah.
1: I think it's very interesting. You know, two years ago, I went through this with my mom as she um, battled cancer and eventually lost. And then we just had um, my stepdad, who's coming home from the hospital today. Today's families aren't all living in the same communities like they used to. And so... You know, I'm in Chicago, they're in Michigan and you know, I think a lot of people until you've experienced this, you don't realize you get that call and they the social worker says, Oh, by the way, Medicare is up in uh the end of the week and you have to find somewhere to go. Like, what do you mean? (laughs) What do you mean? Yeah. (laughs) I'm gonna find somewhere, I'm like three hours away, you know. And so that's where I think services like yours come in really handy. And because it's so critical to family members to have someone that they can trust, especially if they're out of state and things of that nature, how do you identify the right fit as it pertains to a franchisee? Because I would have to imagine they have to really be something special, A, to be in this line of work, and and, and B, to be able to handle families who really are in this crisis mode.
4: That's right. Um, You've got to be a really likable and caring person right? Mm -hmm. Um, And we feel like, uh, you know, we have a set of values at Care Patrol. And I always like to share when I'm meeting people what those values are. And I like to ask them back how they feel about those values and can they live and abide by those because we believe that uh, values drive behaviors. And Mm -hmm. so we have to put that first. So we want people that sort of have a higher standard, right? And and really are willing to go the extra mile and, and at the end of the day, do what it takes to um, to satisfy our clients because we're selling an experience, right? It's a mm-hmm. service. It's a much needed service, but it's also making sure that um, that, that our clients get a sense of relief. They get, uh, you know, they, they have peace of mind um, right. that there's quick, quick resolution mm-hmm. because it is crisis. Sure. And um, so someone who's passionate about helping others as if they were their own family. Right.
1: Can you tell us a little bit about um, what the day in the life of a franchisee owner looks like
4: in your, yeah. in your yeah. system? So you, um, you, we don't require you to have employees when you start. Um, but mm-hmm. you, so I would say if you don't want to have employees, you've got to be good at multitasking because you're doing numerous things. You're out visiting care communities. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're, you're doing evaluations creating profiles on them. Um, You're also meeting with families and aging adults and having courageous, compassionate conversations, lots of education. Um, And then uh, thirdly, you're, you are working and developing your business. Mm -hmm. So, you know, business development never stops when you own your own business, no matter what that model is. Yeah. And and so you've got these three really separate roles, but um, in the beginning, it's attainable to do them all by yourself. And what we like mm-hmm. to say is, as you grow, if you know, you're going to have to add people because you're going to sure. limit your potential if you're stuck in the rat trap trying to do them all.
1: Yeah, yeah. Especially, I I really like the word that you use, um, courageous,
4: mm-hmm. because
1: that people often don't think about that word. In the business that you're doing, and, and sometimes it is a matter of—I I love when you talked about knowing the phases of say Parkinson's or dementia, right? I think it's really important for somebody who's going to help match uh, the the families or the elderly folks and their families with a with a facility, because not all facilities are are created equal, and not all can care for certain types of illnesses as they age. That's right.
4: So. Huh we look at we look we don't just look at adls which are activities of daily living we also look at the medical component because that's very mm-hmm. important mm-hmm. and you know when it comes to courageous conversations i think in doing this for 20 years families they need they need to be given permission to do what needs to be done it's very right. lo- lonely as a caregiver it's very it's an yeah. isolated world and usually the caregiver, the main, primary caregiver, is usually being attacked by all their family members. You're doing oh, yeah. it wrong, right? Uh, what are you doing <laughs> that for? And they really they need they need somebody who can just really and and I think we have a powerful position because we're outside, so we're not we don't mm-hmm. have all the baggage that family has, and we can come in with the objective perspective. We can see the situation for what it is
1: mm-hmm.
4: and really just give some good advice.
2: Yeah.
1: So when when you change it when you train your franchisees. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about that? Because not everybody understands immediately how to have these conversations. Is that part of the training program that you offer
4: to franchisees? It is, and there's a lot of role playing. And I also, I also like to say it's sort of like an internship because it's, it, it's a skill, it's a muscle that you continually develop. So when you first start, you may have some scripts and you may know, you know, what you should be doing and how you should be behaving. But it does take a while to build those muscles. And what's really great is we have a collaborative system, and we believe in mentorship. So Mm -hmm. we have uh, regional performance coaches that are there to help our franchisees. We really believe that support is the key. But we also leverage our – we have a lot of great franchisees who love this brand and love helping each other. And so we make sure we give them plenty of opportunities uh, to be together and mentor each other as well.
3: It's, it sounds like from your description so far that the model is simple and easy to get into. You, you may not need employees to begin with, probably don't need a sticks and bricks office somewhere. So can you give us a little idea of what it takes to get involved in the franchise?
4: Well, uh, really, you know, you we are your financial investment is anywhere from fifty thousand to one hundred and ten thousand, depending on you know your choice if you're going a high or, or low franchise fee option.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, and we like to say that ramp up uh, expenses, you know, be prepared six months, um, mm-hmm. right, to, to ramp mm-hmm. up. Right, and right. and for some people it may take longer because again. It really depends where you're coming from. And if this is a new skill, just be sensitive to that, that you may, Mm -hmm. you may, you may plan for six months, but maybe you need eight or nine months to ramp up. So we want you to be prepared for that. And um, we require our franchisees to be certified senior advisors, because right now what we do, there's no licensing for our type of business. But becoming a certified senior advisor is education on uh, what it's like to be an aging adult. How to avoid ageism, and it covers uh, the the Society of Certified Senior Advisors has a code of ethics that people must follow and you have to pass the background check, which we also do a background check in our franchisees. Um, But then beyond that, once they achieve that, we do encourage them to get other certifications uh, because we want our franchisees to be subject matter experts in aging.
1: Is that something, Becky, that you provide? Like, for example, um, going to get the certifications, do you supply those courses for them?
4: So the the courses are through the Society of Certified Senior Advisors, but we do get a discount. You get a discount if you're a Mm -hmm. care patrol franchisee. Okay. Then we provide uh, regional trainings and training refreshers. We Mm -hmm. host them monthly, so anybody can, tap in at any time. At our annual conference, we have lots of classes um, for Mm -hmm. people to get refreshed. And then um, there's always opportunities for continuing educational credits just within our line of work.
1: That's awesome. Now, you mentioned high or low franchise fees. Can you tell me what that means, what the differentiator is between high and low? Yeah,
4: we have a standard offering, and then we have something called optionality. Um, And it was an, it was a I think it was just presented to give people an option, maybe if they couldn't afford that initial franchise fee, they could start at a smaller fee, um, and then uh, they get to choose, like, their royalties are a little bit higher if they come in on a smaller fee.
1: So it depends
4: on what channel they choose. I see. So you could come in at
1: a lower price, but your royalties are higher, or come in at a higher price and your royalties are Mm -hmm. lower? Correct. Do you get to a point where that kind of um, balances out? So that you're not always stuck with higher royalties? It's a great question. We
4: just started the program. Um, so okay. one thing I know uh, about us is we're, we're always continually looking at things to improve things. When we first started sure. our franchise system, um, you know, how we, how we have things uh, compared to how we have them now has changed. And I think we always try to stay relevant to what's going on.
1: Yeah. As a franchisee myself, I like, might, my, and Ray too, right. Our goal is always to hit the next sales uh, category or bracket so that our royalty keeps going down. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. So, yeah. yeah. So I always wonder, you know, when you say something like that, you go in at a higher royalty. I'm like, well, how long does that have to last? Cause you don't want it to go on forever, you know? Correct. So.
5: Right.
3: I got on your uh, webpage for uh, care patrol. And one of the things I like, I don't see too often on, um, uh, uh, franchise web pages you've broken down the costs and I think that's really nice because then you get a good example of what it's going to cost you to get involved with this franchise that's really great
4: oh good Jackie, i like so, that
1: what are t- what are the top three items on your FDD that people should read first before they move forward with your brand what do you think are three really important things
4: um I think item 19 mm-hmm Um, and then item 11, because I'm not sure I want to make sure people understand, uh, you know, all that's involved. Yes. Um, and I, I haven't, I, that's a great question to spring on me. I'm not sure what I think (laughs) about the third one, but probably I would say I'm really big on validation. Mm So I would say, you know, you've got to talk to people who are in the business. Um, Mm -hmm. I really want you to have conversations with our franchisees. And they yeah. they want to hear from you too. Um, you know, sometimes they're busy; they're not always able to. But um, sure, I think I think you you know you've got to go into it eyes wide open.
1: Yeah. Well, I think too, if if you're going to be a part, become a part of the Care Patrol family, and these franchise systems, they truly are families. I think you you you, you get very close with your fellow owners, and and you become like cousins or whatever. But um, I think it's important that you feel that the fit is there, you know, we've had some situations where people call and validate and um, I'm like, Oh no, I really, I I just don't think that's going to like, it's not good chemistry. Right. And then lo and behold, a term down the road, it wasn't a good fit, Yeah. you know, and as a validator, I'm not shy to say, you know, I really don't think this is the right brand for you. Like it just doesn't feel like something that's going to fit. And they go ahead and do it anyway. And then they come back and say, oh, my God, you're right. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, not my money, but I try to tell you, you know, because as a franchisee and somebody who validates, it's really important talk about being courageous. It's important to look at somebody who has their wallet open, ready to buy a brand and say, you know what, as a fellow owner, I don't think it's right for you. And I think in your brand, when you're dealing with people in such delicate emotional positions, um, it has to be the right fit, right?
4: I love uh, Greg Nathan, the franchisee factor, and I always try to remind everyone on the team, like the people and, and, and the candidates included, you're in the glee phase right now. Yes. <laughs> We're yes. in the honeymoon phase, right? So, um, so every, of course, everything looks great, and you really try to help your candidates not see, see you through those rosy glasses, right, mm-hmm. because yeah. there's a big franchise agreement. You have to know what you're signing up for. Right? Absolutely.
0: Producer question. Producer question. I want to know, with her oh. last comment about validation, did Ray pay her before we we got on the show to say that? Because, man, that answer sounded really, really, really like Ray with really? validation. <laughs> <laughs> I First have it, it's time I've met Ray. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well,
1: the, what's good about that is I think we're all on the same page, and that that, that really yeah. is one of the best ways to get to know the brand and not just calling the top performers either, or call the lower performers, talk about the people who maybe have already had the brand and stepped away and why. Yep.
3: yeah. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And, and you, you get a good indication of the Zor from talking to other Zs. You know what I mean?
1: Absolutely. Becky, are there any markets as we wrap up, any markets that you are all looking to go into that you haven't yet um orged into or any hot markets that you really, you know, people are listening from all over the place. So where would you like them to hear you right now?
4: Okay. I've got a slide on this. Um, I need to find it, but I would say um, St. Petersburg, Florida. is Ooh, not a up, bad place, a hot market right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I love these pop-up questions. I'm going to tell you here. Uh, Northern <laughs> Virginia. Okay. DC. Um All of Southeast Florida, South Atlanta, Um, Northern New Jersey.
1: Okay. Until then, I was really excited because I'm like, oh, those warm
4: climates. And then you had to go north. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We just, yeah, Tucson, Arizona. That's nice and warm if you're looking for a warm place. If you're from the central part of the United States, we have lots of real estate in Iowa. Uh, central <laughs> All right, good. Uh, so kind Louisiana. of all over, yeah. right? Yeah, kind of all
5: western. Over. Yep. So exactly.
0: you said okay. DC area, correct? I did. Mm. Hmm. Political joke here. Never mind. <laughs> no, Fred. Uh, keep yourself uh, on mute. Don't, well, don't call that, Fred. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So tell us a little bit, um, about how people should find you, how they want, how you want them to communicate with you in, ter- in terms of moving forward um, to look into your brand a bit more?
4: Well, if you just go to our website, carepatrol.com, and uh, on that website, we have a section for franchising. You can simply click on there. If you wanna call us, um, you can reach us at 248-781-8821 to speak to somebody. Um, we've also got a podcast, if you just thought this was a really interesting podcast of ours here on mm-hmm. uh, Pillars of uh, Franchising, and uh-huh. if you want to listen more and learn more about Care Patrol, the podcast really covers all things, really all aspects of what we do, but it's really consumer-facing. So it's about helping you on your journey with aging. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. Check that out as well. That's and, uh, great.
3: All that information will be on our page as well.
4: Yeah. Oh,
1: thank yeah. you. Yeah. And, you know, Beck, if you want to shoot us over some of those videos, we'd be happy to restream those for you as well. And we want to thank you so much for the delightful conversation today. And, you know, I think as we all know, you know, everyone's got parents that are getting older and if you're lucky enough to still have grandparents, you know, it's that time to be thinking about these things before you're in the heat of the moment. Um, and so and it's obviously, if you're facing layoffs and you're thinking you've got to go out there and do something different, this seems like a really great model with a lot of tools for success. And um, I'm really excited to see where you go. I mean, already you jumped up for 35, from 33 to 35 states and 150 to 175 locations. So I can't wait to see where you are the next time we talk. No, thank you.
2: I, absolutely. Yeah, thank you.
1: So thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Everyone, again, this has been Becky Van bon Giovanni mm-hmm. with Care Patrol.
4: <laughs> thank you.
5: Hey, franchise owners, how is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westbine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805 265 5440 or visit us at westvine.com that's 805-265-5440 or westvine with a y, dot com. Well, gentlemen, welcome back.
6: Well, you're throwing that term around quite loosely uh, the gentleman thing, you know, it's really <laughs> high. <laughs> so. You're
1: right. You're right. I have
6: it's always funny, just before I come on, I know I'm coming on and I do like the cartoons, you know, <laughs> yeah. my hair. looks like this. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kristen, before we start on our segment, I just have to say some things <laughs> about Care Patrol, okay, because uh, Becky blew me away. And just for the record, it's Becky Giovanni. you got get, got to get the hands in there, Kristen. Gio- Giovanni. Giovanni. Okay. I love it. Uh, it's it's a yeah. beautiful name.
1: I assure you that all of my Italian friends will be like, I can't believe you didn't say it right. <laughs> um,
6: but, you know, uh, them being a member of IFA as a franchisor is is a big step towards, I think, uh, helping with the whole franchise model and helping franchisees feel more comfortable with the franchisor. Yeah. And certainly then their organization can help IFA continue to grow and prosper. What, there, there are two comments I've got that I really took from everything Becky said, a lot of good information, but two that really, you know, kind of struck me. The first one was, and this is my take on it in in her conversation, she came across as being very kind and understanding of prospects or prospective franchisees as well as existing Mm -hmm. Mm franchisees. And you don't always get that feeling from franchisors. I think it's there with most of them. You just don't get it. And it was, 100% obvious in her conversation, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I love the path that they create. Now, and I can see a lot of reasons why they don't provide specifically from franchisor to franchisee all of these certifications and trainings. A, because some of them are not within their purview to provide. But Mm -hmm. also, I think when you get into some situations, you want to stay as far away from anything that might be perceived as joint employer. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's, A really important situation that a lot of that training is outside of their system but they get discounts which I think is fantastic Mm -hmm. and just like a very compassionate soul and the fact that her husband was in social work and she dealt with the medical side what an amazing combination of people to be leading this team
6: Well, and you just mentioned, um, you know, the uh, separation between a franchisor and some of the education and support and things like that driven by joint employer and some of the other things going on um, at the legislative level, which is going to lead into the next conversation we have, you you and I and Ray and IFA and where they can fill in a little bit. But one more comment I've got to get out about her presentation, and this is all paraphrased, understand, but uh, (laughs) I thought her comments about the elderly and their needs and the view of others of the elderly, as well as how caregivers, her caregivers, care patrol, uh are put into a third party situation, you know, where they can um they can they can be appreciated for that. They can also be an advocate through that, you sure. know, vehicle. But but she was very clear that uh, sometimes they get drawn into family dynamics and some of the tough conversations that go on oh. there about ongoing care and the you know the long term plan. So yeah. it's got to be a very emotional and tough situation. So we you know kudos go out to her and her company and you know their their franchisees and the people that actually do that because we're an aging population. We're all going to need it someday, and uh, I I can't appreciate them enough.
1: Yep, absolutely. I, I, I couldn't I, agree.
6: The thing that comes to
3: mind uh, is that she has a high EQ, emotional quotient, quote, you know, because it takes. I would imagine it's going to take a lot. You have to be very uh, act as a third-party involver in something like that, and and pretty much tell it like it is if a person, if a senior needs to be put into a certain uh, place. So. I don't think I can do it myself, but
6: it's interesting. Well, Ray, it's not long before you and I are going to be on the other side of that. I know someone was going to say something.
2: I, like was, that. Gonna, I was
1: waiting. Oh.
3: I
2: was
1: waiting. I was waiting politely until y'all finished I thought was, Fred was going to be the one
3: yeah. going to say something like that.
1: And then I was going to say, "Well, I better get my order in and get going on this Care Patrol franchise, so I can help you both find a place to go."
2: Yeah, I'm a wise guy, eh? <laughs> <laughs> so well, one
3: do you guys buy one of those franchises and then uh you can talk to my kids.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Listen, let's talk about this because you know, we had a great conversation with Becky and she kinda queued up the conversation, Jerry, that you and I and Ray are gonna have today about um IFA and getting people involved and not you know, right now IFA has a lot of franchisors, a lot of suppliers and vendors. I mean, when I was there in San Diego, it was just like, wow. But what we're really lacking right now and what your mission is, is to get more people like Ray and I, who are franchisees, involved with IFA. So what do you think is the biggest benefit for a franchisee when joining IFA?
6: You know what? I I can't limit it to one, Kristen. I'm sorry. I wish I could do it. I'm like Becky. You know, you pulled that out of your hat, and now I'm reacting (laughs) to it. Um, And and each franchisee is going to look at this differently. Uh, Number one, I would say probably the educational side of it, and I'll say educational slash support, because, you know, there's a lot of emerging brands that are not up to speed yet with all the support and tools and things frankly, because they may not have the financial leverage or the right connections yet or something like that. And yet all of those things are available through IFA for free Mm -hmm. if you're a franchisee, for the most part. There is some educational things you'll have to pay for, but a lot of it is free. Um, So that would be one of my biggest things. But maybe right almost in a tie for that is the connections you make with peers who are maybe even maybe even a similar category, maybe completely different, but yet face many of the same battles, whether it be staffing or funding or support on real estate or any of the other things. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you're, especially with your first one or two units, you're still trying to figure out what you don't know and, Mm -hmm. and, and put the pieces together. And IFA is literally a lifesaver for people and it's kind of, flying under the radar for franchisees and so my goal in you know fully fully clear on this I am the chairman of the franchisee forum which is the third leg of mm-hmm. the IFA and for this year and my goal is to double the amount of franchisee involvement we have at least at the forum level if not beyond in my mm-hmm. one year and so we're working very hard at that and and I want these franchisees to get the extra support and help that they they really probably need and certainly deserve.
1: Well, I think that's actually a really great goal because I will tell you, you know, when I was in San Diego, I went in under kind of two umbrellas, right? I went in as pillars of franchising as a kind of a supplier and a a consultant. And then I also went in as a franchisee. And for the first time or even the second time franchisee attending, it can be overwhelming. I mean, you walk in and you just go, holy cow, like I don't even know where to start. And it's easy to feel like maybe you're not really supposed to be there because you can't find exactly what's happening. So I'm really excited to know to for you to tell us a little bit about what you're gonna do to make that a better experience for franchisees.
6: Well, you know, let's start with the fact that, you know, those people you just described coming in because there there is so much franchise or facing stuff going on that it's pretty easy to get lost in the shuffle. So first thing I will tell you is this year for the first time we had a new attendee franchisee, um, you know, happy hour type thing, you know, meet and greet, mix and mingle, those kinds of things. Right. Yeah. When so started that was, off. <laughs> yeah. So And then we had, of <laughs> course, ambassadors like myself there to, um, you know, help connect people and to welcome them and so on. Uh, We invited them all to the Franchisee of the Year Awards, which I helped facilitate, and uh, that was a chance for them to see, you know, some of their peers that had risen to kind of the top of their category and that kind of thing, and they were getting uh, uh, rewarded for it, but also to meet a lot of successful people who came through the same path that, you know, they find themselves in right now, so that was really powerful. Mm -hmm. Now, at the forum level, there's a couple things. Okay, first off, let me start with this. You know, we've heard from some of the franchisees that have come in the past that it's it's a great, you know, great thing that they do, and they really feel a little bit of love, and they make a few connections. And then the day they leave there, they don't hear from anybody again. So it's like a quick in and out, and then maybe we'll see you next year. So this year, in fact, that letter will go out this weekend. I, as the incoming chair, um, wrote a welcome and thank you letter to everybody that attended that was a franchisee. And mm-hmm. uh, in it, I talked about all the things we're going to be doing this year for franchisees, but mainly it was an effort to engage them after they leave the convention and open up some avenues of communication so that we can start getting them more and more engaged for the whole year. In fact, mm-hmm. I invited them to the IFA uh, fan uh, mm-hmm. event, which is the fly-in to fly into Washington, D.C. in the fall, or you get to visit yes. with your representatives. Yep. Um, and also to come back to Phoenix, I think, yeah, Phoenix is where IFA is at next year. So we're yeah. trying to start that, you know, conversation about IFA is not just a one time a year convention. It's an ongoing right. thing. So that's and where it started. Can you
1: define, cause I, I know you said fan, I know what fan stands for, but a lot of listeners oh. may not know what fan stands for, except for going to DC.
6: Great question. Franchise Action Network is what it stands for. And folks, It is literally the most powerful weapon we have to educate, inform, and kind of guide our representatives in Washington, D.C. about the decisions they're making related to franchising because, you know, not only do you get the annual fly-in, but once you become a member of FAN, you, um, you, you also will get text messages and emails with attachments. So, for instance, if there's a vote coming up on something impacting franchising, IFA will take a stand on it. They will they will educate you as a franchisee as to what's going on and wh- how it will impact you in your business and why the stand that IFA is taking is probably in your best interest. If you agree with that, IFA, through the electronic magic of these things, will <laughs> connect you with your representatives and actually give you the text that you can fill in a couple blanks and sign your name to, and it will automatically go out to your representatives as if it were directly from you speaking to that specific situation. So it is, in my op- opinion, one of the most powerful things you can do to help change ideas in Washington, D.C. about what goes on in franchise. I have two yeah. questions for you, Jerry. Okay.
3: First of all, how does one get involved? And next, do you have
6: to be a Z or a Zor to be involved? No, great questions, Ray. Thank you for setting that up for me. Uh, this The Franchise Action Network is for franchisees, not franchisors necessarily. I'm not sure that they would, <coughs> excuse me, not accept franchisors. But really, the goal here, you know, people in D.C. making decisions for you and I listen to voters. They listen to the people that actually put them into office. So we want franchisees there from every state in the union, from each quadrant of every state, So that they can talk to the representative from their part of the state as a voter and a business owner in that section that, you know, lobbyists go to DC and talk to people. It's great information, but you know, our representatives just don't take a lot from it sometimes. But when you sit down across the table and look them in the eye and say, I voted for you or I'm a voter in your district and you may want my vote and here's my business and what's going on here. Here's some things that I would like you to take a look at and consider voting on. So that's the big thing, Ray. I and
1: think it's interesting, right, Ray? Because, I mean, I never thought about getting into politics. I actually hate politics. But as a business owner, a lot of what goes on in politics can have a huge impact on you and really your entire future in business.
3: Well, so as, a, as, a, as a franchisee, though, what do we need to do
6: to get involved?
3: How do we
6: Go to the IFA website, International Franchise Association, and there will be uh, an acronym for Fan or, or a, a click button for Fan, Franchise Action Network. Click it; it'll ask you a couple questions, and you'll hit yes, and you're signed up for it. Just like that, you'll start getting emails and texts uh, with information and guidance. You'll get invitations to participate in things. Uh, mm-hmm. You can you don't have to do it, but you know for what for instance, one of the things IFA started about a year and a half or so ago, is called Open for Opportunity, in which case they're uh, focusing on franchisees in a particular city or a particular state and highlighting them with the representatives from that state in a meet and greet in a one of your businesses, perhaps. So Mm -hmm. once you sign up, you will get certainly invited to that if it's in your locale, but you may get asked to consider hosting it. So you get a chance to show off your business and brag about it with your representatives and educate them on, you know, the inner workings of it and what they're maybe voting on in Washington, D.C. So that's how you get involved in what might be, you know, kind of a benefit for you. And this is a little bit of a reach, but I will tell you one of the benefits that's happening to me literally next week. Uh, On Tuesday, I will be testifying in front of a committee of Congress about the staffing and labor issues in America and some of the educational things going into that comes because of my involvement in FAN and IFA. Mm -hmm. And whether it's there or in your locale or your state, there are opportunities for you to help move the needle for franchising overall, simply by becoming a member of IFA and FAN. And by the way, both of those are free for franchisees. Right. Well, and I will tell you, you know, Ray,
1: Ray, I don't know, Ray, if you recall, but, we did go through this with our brand, and I would I would highly recommend any franchise out, franchisees out there that are listening at your next annual meeting or your conventions or whatever it is we that you have.
6: out in, in the dark. dark.
1: I don't uh, know what that uh, noise Did anyone else hear that?
6: And you may find a friend. Yeah, okay, that was weird.
1: Um, but if, if oh, you're well, having these make sure you make that information it's available weird. because I know that we did that at one of our, our regional meetings and everybody signed up for FAN and we all signed up for IFA. Well, I, I know I did. I don't know about every single person, but the information was made available. We were given the, the codes and things that we needed to use because our brand, you know, once you're, if you're with a certain brand, our IFA membership was free which is great. So you still pay to go to the the IFA meeting, but the membership is free. And so I thought that was a really great thing that that our brand did to help ensure that more and more people got active.
6: Yeah, absolutely. And really how I got active was because uh, the president and CEO of IFA came to one of our conventions for great clips and presented and made the same, you know, offer it's Mm -hmm. free for franchisees get involved here's what's in it for you and so on so now we're trying to broadcast it through you know this medium that we're so lucky to be a part of and ray's been asking such great questions kristen i want to tee up three subjects of things we're doing this year perfect and then ray i'm sure we'll have some follow-ups so you asked we started this thing about what i was doing or what we're doing in the franchisee forum uh in the in the coming year and actually this started in um, Todd Recknagel, the previous uh, chairman, in his uh, section last year, and then it's uh, going into mine, and we're going to expand on it this year. But first thing we're doing is every two months, there's it's we're calling it the Speaker Series. There will be an hour and a half webinar on a subject, uh, co- the very timely and topical for franchisees, franchisees. And uh, anybody that's a member and, and of IFA that's uh, noted as a franchisee will get invited to that. So every about every two months, there will be a keynote that will be timely and topical to your business as a franchisee, which is free once you become a member of IFA and and fans. So that's the first thing I would point out. These are going to be world-class speakers that will that you'll take lots of nuggets from it you can use in your business. trust me. Second thing is we've got a magazine called Franchise Times. And a franchisee, like me or some, or Kristen or Ray, a franchisee will be writing an article every month in that magazine related to a specific subject that they are quasi-experts at because they live it every day, and it's something that you can use in your business. So you would start getting that magazine as a part of this, that we're really pushing the franchisee involvement in the writing process. And this is hot off the presses, so this is brand new. (laughs) As most of you know, most of our listeners know, I wrote a best-selling book about franchising and helping, you know, prospective franchisees and struggling franchisees and so on with the process. Um, I did it because I have too many friends that were in that situation. I want to help globally. Um, IFA will be turning that into an educational series, a video educational series over the next few months. And that will be available to prospective, some of it will be available to prospective Zs to help them make their decision and help them guide them into it. And the rest of it will be, you know, new and struggling Zs. So those are just some highlights of some other things we're doing right now. That sounds exciting. It really does.
1: Well, Jerry, thank you so much. We can't wait to hear more about this. Obviously, we've talked with you in the past about really starting to um, drill more into the franchisee involvement with IFA, and so I'm looking forward to talking further about how these classes and courses and seminars and things that you develop come about and some of the subject matter that you're going to attack. Um, So for those of you listening who are franchisees and are interested in this, make sure that you stay tuned because I'm sure each week Jerry can give us an update. Uh, If they're talking about doing it every two weeks, certainly we will get that information out to you just as soon as possible so that you can plan your schedules accordingly and make sure that you attend each and every one of those calls or Zoom sessions uh, if possible. So Jerry, again, thank you for providing such valuable information.
3: Thanks, Kristen Ray. Thanks, Jerry.
1: And I'd like to thank you all for joining us again for another episode of Pillars of Franchising. Uh, As we are quickly... Finishing out the month of March already, we've got an amazing list of guests coming up here in April, and now we filled up May. So please be sure to stay tuned every week Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time uh, for more exciting content. I'd like to give a shout out to our fantastic guest today, Becky Bon Giovanni, (laughs) with the Care Patrol, and uh, what a fantastic system she has. So please take a look on our website and on our and or on hers to get in contact and find out about exciting opportunities that may be of value to you. I'd also like to say thank you to our amazing mentor team. Thank you today for Jerry Acres and Ray Pillar for your extra help and helping me get through this. While well, all of the Rough team is up with their children enjoying a fabulous spring break. Can't wait to get you all back. And as always, this has been another episode of pillars of franchising. We are your resource for franchising success. And please remember the dream starts here, get on our website and check it out. We'll see you next week.